Truth be told, I do have a favorite. And it's the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004. I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading the entire Bible in a year. Happy Sunday to you. I hope it's a great day for you. It's good to see you, and I'm glad you're here. Today our reading is Romans 9 and 10, and I'm calling the episode Beautiful Feet. We'll be reading about God's grace, God's selection, righteousness, the importance of being a preacher, and how that directly relates to you. We'll have our On This Day in Church History segment, and we have another praise report. Let's get started. Romans chapter 9. I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience is testifying to me with the Holy Spirit that I have intense sorrow and continual anguish in my heart. For I could almost wish to be cursed and cut off from the Messiah for the benefit of my brothers, my own flesh and blood. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the temple service, and the promises. The ancestors are theirs, and from them, by physical descent, came the Messiah, who is God over all, praised forever. Amen. But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. Neither are they all children because they are Abraham's descendants. On the contrary, your offspring will be traced through Isaac. That is, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but the children of the promise are considered to be the offspring. For this is the statement of the promise, At this time I will come, and Sarah will have a son. And not only that, but also Rebekah received a promise when she became pregnant by one man, our ancestor Isaac. For though her sons had not been born yet, or done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose according to election might stand, not from works, but from the one who calls, she was told, The older will serve the younger. As it is written, I have loved Jacob, but I have hated Esau. What should we say then? Is there injustice with God? Absolutely not. For he tells Moses, I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it does not depend on human will or effort, but on God who shows mercy. For the scripture tells Pharaoh, I raised you up for this reason, so that I may display my power in you, and that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. So then, he shows mercy to those he wants to, and he hardens those he wants to harden. You will say to me, therefore, Why then does he still find fault? Who can resist his will? But who are you, a mere man, to talk back to God? Will what is formed say to the one who formed it, Why did you make me like this? Or has the potter no right over the clay to make from the same lump one piece of pottery for honor and another for dishonor? And what if God, desiring to display his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience objects of wrath ready for destruction? And what if he did this to make known the riches of his glory on objects of mercy that he prepared beforehand for glory, on us, the ones he also called, not only from the Jews, but also from the Gentiles? As he also says in Hosea, I will call not my people, my people, and she who is unloved, beloved. And it will be in the place where they were told, You are not my people, there they will be called sons of the living God. But Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, Though the number of Israel's sons is like the sand of the sea, only the remnant will be saved. 
for the Lord will execute his sentence completely and decisively on the earth. And, just as Isaiah predicted, if the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring, we would have become like Sodom, and we would have been made like Gomorrah. What should we say then? Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained righteousness, namely the righteousness that comes from faith. But Israel, pursuing the law for righteousness, has not achieved the righteousness of the law. Why is that? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. As it is written, Look, I am putting a stone in Zion to stumble over, and a rock to trip over. Yet the one who believes on him will not be put to shame. Romans chapter 10 Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God concerning them is for their salvation. I can testify about them that they have zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Because they disregarded the righteousness from God and attempted to establish their own righteousness, they have not submitted themselves to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is from the law. The one who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith speaks like this. Do not say in your heart, who will go up to heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will go down into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. On the contrary, what does it say? The message is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. Now the scripture says, Everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, since the same Lord of all is rich to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who announce the gospel of good things! But all did not obey the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Yes, they did. Their voice has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the inhabited world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses said, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that lacks understanding. And Isaiah says boldly, I was found by those who were not looking for me. I revealed myself to those who were not asking for me. But to Israel, he says, all day long I have spread out my hands to a disobedient and defiant people. Chapter 9 has some language in it that causes difficulty for some people. Did it get your attention? Here it is again. Paul was quoting Malachi chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. He said, As the scriptures say, I loved Jacob, but I hated Esau. What? God hated Esau? What's up with that? Well, as it turns out, this type of language in the Hebrew was used more in the comparative sense. God was comparing his affection for the two men, Jacob and Esau. When God said he hated Esau, the meaning was that he loved Jacob more. 
It was not an active hate. There are other examples of this language in the scriptures. You've heard, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him. That's Proverbs 13.24. In Matthew 6.24 we read, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. And the verse that so many misunderstand is when Jesus said in Luke 14.26, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother. So all of these are comparative. Obviously, a parent does not actively hate his child by not disciplining him. Of course, withholding discipline is not at all a good way to raise a child, but oftentimes a parent does this because he loves the child too much. Again, this is misguided, but it's not an active hate. Here's another example. I wear many hats as far as the work I do. When I first began podcasting, almost 17 years ago now, I had a windshield repair business, and I still do. But now I do podcasting, which is another master. I'm also a professional voice artist, another master. And I have the book, Webb's Easy Bible Names Pronunciation Guide. Marketing that is another master. Guess what? I don't have the same amount of enthusiasm for each one of those things. I enjoy them all, but truth be told, I do have a favorite. That doesn't mean I hate the others. And you know how Jesus does not want us to hate our parents in the way that we use the word hate. He just meant that we must love him more than our parents. And now, as for why God loved Jacob more than Esau, Paul addressed that as well as it can be in the following verses of chapter 9. It sort of boils down to, God is God and we are not. We really can't fully understand God's reasoning because our minds are just so much less than his is. As people who trust that God is love, we have to accept His goodness as a matter of faith. And in my own life, He's demonstrated countless times that He is worthy of my faith. So I'm okay with His decisions. And in Romans 10, there are three different verses that I want to zero in on today, and they really encapsulate the gospel or the good news. Remember Jesus' words in Matthew 18.3 when He said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, in all the complexity of Romans, these three verses are so simple that even a child could understand them. The first is the last part of verse 8 and continuing through verse 9. It says, This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. Boom. Dead simple. Nothing needs to be added. There are no works for you to do. You cannot add anything to what Jesus already did to bring salvation. It's done. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then verse 13 shows us who this good news is for. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, not those who are good. Everyone is included. No one is excluded. There's nothing that can keep you from the salvation that Jesus made available to you except your own unbelief. Nothing in your past, nothing in your present. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14 addresses the thought that if we just live as Jesus' followers, people will come to know Him. It addresses the thought that 
Well, I don't want to offend people by telling them about Jesus and other similar thoughts that seem to be popular these days. Verse 14 says, But how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? Family, living life as Jesus wants us to do is good. It lends credibility to the fact that he has made a difference in our life. But that's not enough. One of the reasons we're here on planet Earth is to help usher others into eternal life. How can our friends, our family, our neighbors, the world be saved from an eternity without God if we don't tell them about this person, this Savior, this God named Jesus? And when Paul said, how can they hear without a preacher? He wasn't talking about a guy who stands at a pulpit on Sunday. Paul was saying, how can they hear about Jesus unless someone tells them about him? If you've had your life changed by Jesus Christ, you are qualified and even called to carry and proclaim the message. You are the best person that can tell the story of how Jesus changed your life. You might be the only preacher that some people will listen to and connect with. It's a simple message. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Comment at comment.lifespringmedia.com, email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com, or comment on the show notes page for this episode. Let's talk about it. Tomorrow we'll be back in the book of Genesis. We'll read chapters 16 through 19. Both. Beloved, do you think that helping people read through the Bible in a year is a good thing? Is helping you read through the Bible a good thing? Do the thoughts I share at the end of each day's reading help you to understand or help you to think more about what we've read? Well, if so, then I'm asking you to participate in the value for value, time, talent, and treasure concept. You can stream sats and boost and send boostograms, but if you're not into the sats thing but want to help keep the show going, you can donate in a more familiar way by sending dollars. There's really no learning curve there. All you have to do is go to support.lifespringmedia.com and choose an amount that makes sense to you. $5, $20, $500, or any other number. And speaking of that, tomorrow is National Golf Day. Let's have some fun with that. I'm a terrible golfer. More! But I love to join my kids on the links. Are you a golfer? How about making a $4.44 donation? Or $44.44? Or $444.44? Donations of $44.44 will get a special Golf Lovers Mansion on tomorrow's show. And $444.44 gets you into the LifeSpring Family Golf Club. Now, you won't get a green blazer or special tea times, but I will send you an autographed copy of Webb's Easy Bible Names Pronunciation Guide. I know that's not much, but it's a way I can let you know that I truly appreciate your donation. Whatever the value the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible has for you can only be determined by you. You can make a one-time donation or weekly, monthly, or quarterly. An ongoing donation is helpful for planning on my part, but you choose. Only you know what makes sense for you. There are certain titles that will be conferred on some levels of support, and I would love to recognize you on the show for achieving them. Take a look at support.lifespringmedia.com. And when you do support the show in any form or any amount, you are truly helping to spread the good news to a world that needs it. God bless you.
This day in church history, October 3rd, 1690, Robert Barclay, Scottish Quaker theologian, died. He published an important statement of Quaker doctrine called An Apology to the True Christian Divinity, being an explanation and vindication of the people called Quakers. He was quite a fascinating guy. You might want to do some research on him. Robert Barclay, Scottish Quaker theologian. And then on this day in church history, 1852, in New York City, the Reverend Thomas Gallaudet, an Episcopal priest, held the first church service for deaf worshipers in a small chapel at New York University. He held spoken worship services in the morning and services using American Sign Language in the afternoon. Also, Gallaudet University, a university for the deaf and hard of hearing, was named after the good Reverend Thomas Gallaudet. I've got a prayer request today. I got this text from Leanne this morning. On her way to work today, she was having a text conversation with her siblings about Noni, her mom. And when she was done, she sent this praise report to me. This is what she said. She said, hey, babe. Yeah, she calls me babe. Hey, babe, praise report on mom. Let the LifeSpring family know that mom is doing physical therapy and they'll be transferring her from the bed to a wheelchair pretty soon. That's a big step, which probably means they're working on trying to send her home. So, praise the Lord for that. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that mom is making some good progress. We thank you for your healing touch. Please continue that work, Lord, and bless those who are helping her. Thank you for moving on their hearts, too. And Lord, I pray now for the Southern California Harvest event that's happening this evening. We ask that you give safe travels to all who will be driving to Angel Stadium or even flying into Orange County. I pray that you'd help the hundreds of people who are in support roles tonight. May everything go off without a hitch. May there be no distractions that would take anyone's attention away from what you will be accomplishing tonight. May those who are there who have not yet given their lives to Jesus, receive the message that you've given to Pastor Greg, and may they decide tonight to surrender to your call. I pray that your presence would be all around and all over Anaheim Stadium tonight. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, if you have a prayer request, send it in at prayer.lifespringmedia.com. I'd love to pray for you, and I'd love to share your prayer request here on the show. prayer.lifespringmedia.com by the way, I'm really late this week with the newsletter. Forgive me. I'll try to get it out either uh, today or tomorrow. If you haven't signed up for it, go to news.lifespringmedia.com and sign up. I'd love to hear what you have to say about today's show. Please go to comment.lifespringmedia.com, fill that out, or email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com, or go to the uh, show notes page for this episode. I need your feedback, good, bad, or indifferent. Until tomorrow. May God bless you richly. Thanks for being here. I've enjoyed our time together. My name is Steve Webb. Bye.